So Radiodrome 500 came out, and what I want to do tonight is I just, I got together with Peter and Cecil here, and I just want to take a look at what happened after the series finale of Radiodrome came out. So this is not an episode of Radiodrome, although you can still go to 1201beyond.com backslash Drome VPN, and you can still use the Adam and Eve code, Drome at adamandeve.com. Those are still valid, but I didn't expect all of what happened after the 500th episode plopped down and we announced the kind of surprise series finale. What did you see after that episode came out because of the fact that we didn't announce it beforehand? I know all of us got a whole lot of messages after the fact. A lot of people being surprised first off. That, that is the was point. The, the finale. Yeah, like a lot of people did not realize that it was the last one. There were people that were seemed to, at least from what I saw on Twitter, people that were quite shook by it. People that were very appreciative of our episodes and and uh, the entertainment that we've brought for them over the years, and a lot of people being very thankful. I got an outpouring amount of support from people in the in the instant messages on Twitter, just you know, thanking thanking you, thanking Cecil, thanking me, hoping that there that we have more for them down the down the pike. Really cool. Like I I I very much appreciated all the all the support and I didn't realize how much um I'd always seen that there there are people that share our stuff. You know, there's there's sluts and guts on Twitter that shares every new episode and other people that will will retweet us and, and stuff. But it's like that really showed me how just really how much of a positive impact we made. And I really thought that was fantastic. Same thing. I got an overwhelming outpouring of support. People saying how uh, much the show meant to them. A lot of them were saying that it, it had become a part of their lives. You know, every week they would tune in and, you know, listen on their drive to work or especially now during COVID, a lot of people were just home, gave them something to look forward to. And they were really sad that it was ending. But the general consensus was they understood. It was like, I understand your reasoning behind ending this, but, you know, it still is very sad. And a lot of people were like, if I could have supported, I would have. The world just being what it is, is not uh, financially viable for everybody. But in general, everybody was was happy and grateful for what they uh, had listened to and just was a ton of support. I was really, I was touched. I was, I was happy to see that. A lot of people... Um, had never really messaged me before that were coming out to say how much they uh, were sad and surprised that it was ending. They just, they didn't expect it, which again was what we were going for. I got a lot of that same stuff too. Mm. I got, I, I even, I lost count of how many messages I got, whether it be on Facebook, Twitter, or through the email about how many people were like, I've been listening since Brad was on the show, or I've been listening since 2012 or something like that. And I've never written to you before. I got so many messages from people. Cause remember one of the things I, I, I mentioned in the finale was I can see our numbers are nice, but we only get, you know, a dozen messages or something like that. So it was really nice to have the listeners actually start to communicate with us because that, that also did show what kind of an impact we were making. I mean, we're, we're just a show bitching about the kind of movies nobody wants to talk about. Well, I don't mean nobody, but the mainstream doesn't want to talk about. And we got so many messages that we turned people on to so many different films or directors or subgenres or weird TV shows or films they would have never heard of otherwise. That is why the show existed. 
I wanted to do that. I wanted to create a conversation. And unfortunately, I wasn't getting the feedback at the time. As I said in the 500th episode, we've all gotten messages of people who Radiodrome helped them through some tough time in their life. And honestly, that satis- that's a very satisfying thing to hear. That's a very good thing to hear. I mean, I'm not happy people were having the tough time in their life, but the fact that we were able to help a little bit, that, that right. meant a lot. Because there are shows in the same token that have helped me through stuff, like the the content creators that I follow on YouTube, the podcasts that I listen to. Like I know that there's definitely been rough patches that I've had where like a new Cecil video will kind of perk me up and cheer me up, or like a Brandon one, or like a new episode of Red Letter Media, or whatever. And it'll kind of make that day feel a little bit better because, you know, there's the content creators that I follow that kind of brighten my day up a little bit. So I'm very proud to know we have provided people with and still and are still going to provide people with. And it's like, obviously, there's our own solo stuff that we're doing that are helping people out in the same token that other content creators have helped me out before in the past and, and will continue to keep helping me out. And I also want to point out This show is not just about us talking to the audience. This show is about us being afforded opportunities. Because I've been able to meet... I would have never met probably David Irons or Brandon Tennold. I mean, you know, I watched Brandon's stuff. I probably would have never been able to meet him if not for this show. I've met so many great collaborators. I've met some people that I now work for. Like some of the people (laughs) who I write comic books for and that were people who used to listen to this show who I now work for. It's also afforded us the opportunity to meet some of the people we wanted to meet. I mean, we've had on the show Joe Dante, Uwe Boll twice, Joe Bob Briggs twice, Fred Decker, Stephen Bissett, Jello Biafra. I mean, I'm not going to name everybody, but I can't imagine 10 years ago saying, I'm going to be sitting down and talking to Jello Biafra for two hours, and then next week I get to interview Sid Haig. So <laughs> well, the, technically, Richard, through, Richard Stanley. Richard yeah. Stanley. Like I said, I can't name everybody. It was funny how Cecil ended up missing both the Joe Bob ones, though. The first time, it was, it was I don't timing. It, well, because I went back well, and checked it? our PMs. You read it wrong. I gave you the correct time. You did the conversion wrong. I literally hung up with Joe Bob, and then all of a sudden, I get a blip from you. <laughs> I'm here. Oh man. God damn it. Yeah, we're in I've di- always like, had um, to work unfortunately cuz every time cuz you never know with the the schedules of these people it would always be like a midweek kind of thing where I'm like I'm going to be at work uh whether I like it or not. But I do I have always gone back and listened to the interviews and it's so cool to listen to how cool they've been on the show that the Joe Bob ones were great, the Richard Stanley one was a lot of fun and it's like not only has it provided us the opportunity to talk with some of these people that we have admired for so many years and admire the work of and like just as people in general, but, you know, we've gotten opportunities to do commentary tracks for movies. We've gotten to work with other, like, little little filmmakers and stuff, like the guy that ended up selling his short to Troma. Like, we've technically kind of worked for Troma because of uh, because of Radiodrome, and it's Emil. um very cool guy. Emil is a Swedish filmmaker, and he made this short called Unplanned Parenthood, which was very trauma-esque, so it's kind of, it made sense that it landed on trauma. They all have accents over there, so he wanted to dub it, and he wanted to kind of dub it poorly as part of the joke. And so he got Sarah Hanley, 
Peter, and myself to dub all of the ridiculous characters in this short, and then it showed up on Troma's site. So, yeah, Peter, Sarah, and I ended up working for Troma. Peter was, ironically <laughs> enough, the Merkin, even though he's Canadian and Serbian, yes. and I-, I was the weird South African German doctor. It it <laughs> might be Blick! <laughs> That was a lot of a lot of fun to put together and even more fun to see the the finished product of it. It's, it's something that I'm definitely very proud of. Well, and I, I remember, I think I told you when we were doing the audio, I think I said kind of channel Alex Jones, but sort of retarded. Yes, I, I gave you like a couple different voices and I was like, you know, whatever he thinks is the funniest or, or best version, just just use that. Like, I think I gave him uh, more more than enough material to work with. Excess Entertainment, which those guys started listening to the show, and now we work for them. We regularly make commentary tracks for them. Cecil and I have done one. Pete and I have done one. 42nd Street Pete and I have done one. It's so weird. Glenn Criddle and I have done one. It's so weird that these people were listening to the show, and then we end up working for them. And then, can't remember what, what the timing was, but I remember Cecil, it was... Didn't we have to, like, interview Richard Stanley at, like, four in the morning our time or something oh, because God. he was in France at the time? Oh, it was man. Some, I don't think it was – I know it was some bizarre time we had to we had to record with him, but um, I don't think it was, like, that late. But I know it was a weird time that we had to interview him where it was, like, you know, 1 a.m. and then it was whatever on his time, and he was um, – uh, he was great, though. But yeah, oh, Richard I think it Stanley was, just... was fantastic because we talked to him for like we interviewed him for like an hour and then we talked to him for like an hour. Yeah, we were just talking about like old Fangoria issues and stuff after the fact, which is fantastic. Yeah, he really does yeah. seem like a really, really cool dude. And then sometimes other mistakes would happen. Like I did the math wrong twice when I interviewed both Peter David and when I interviewed Joe Dante. Mm. When I tried to interview Peter David, I did the math wrong, and I called him an hour late. And he, mm. you know, this was in December, so he was watching Christmas specials with his daughter, so we had to reschedule for a different time, and that was totally my fault. I'm, I'm sure I did the conversion right, but I think Joe Dante's assistant didn't. I called oh. Joe Dante an hour early, but he said he wasn't doing anything, so we can just do it right now. Which was oh. <laughs> I thought I thought was pretty cool, but he was like, I wasn't expecting you for another hour. It's like, sorry, I can call back in an hour. He's like, nah, I'm not doing anything. Sometimes it's just really hard to keep track of all the all the different uh, time zones and stuff. There's also the other opportunities this has afforded us. I'm not a hundred percent sure I would have ever gotten my job at Fangoria if I hadn't had the show to already get my foot in the door. I'm not sure I would have gotten some of my comic book work if it were not for Radiodrome. I don't know if we would have gotten some of our voiceover work if it wasn't for Radiodrome. Radiodrome has afforded us opportunities. I mean, I'm sure to someone like Cecil, who is the most successful of the three of us, Radiodrome's kind of low. I don't mean on his totem pole, but I mean on his listeners. I'm sure a lot of the people who watch Good Bad Flicks probably don't listen to us pretty decent crossover of of people you know watch my show and also will listen to radio drum i mean the the thing is though like there are people that 
watch my show that don't watch my show. <laughs> like I get <laughs> like, and by that, I mean, I have people that are subscribed that will come back. They're like, Oh, uh, I hadn't seen this in my sub box for months. And I kind of forgot that it existed. And I'm like, Oh, great. Well, you got six months of stuff to watch if you want to, I get, you know, I think it's more a lot of the hardcore fans where, uh, when they find out that, uh, I'm also on a podcast, they're like, Oh, I just, I want to hear more of you talking about movies or whatever. So they'll end up coming over and listening to Radio Drum. And initially, a lot of times my audience, if they do contact me, they're, hey, I started listening to Radio Drum. Oh, what'd you think? Josh, Josh sucks. sucks. Yep. <laughs> oh. And then it eventually turns to, okay, I get him. I actually had somebody contact me the other day. They were saying how they've come to respect Josh. They've come to uh, enjoy. Uh, it was uh, lies. It was, all uh, lies. Willem. Well, no, it was it was Willem who had. Who oh, had, I, I'm friends with Willem. That's fine. I know. We, well, that's the thing. Well, he had said how initially he didn't like you, but he kind of came to really respect you because while he doesn't agree with a lot of your stances, you're very consistent on them. And where a lot of people are very flip floppy, they'll like something one day and hate it the next day. You are very consistent on what you like and dislike. And I think that in general rubs some people the wrong way, because a lot of the stuff that you dislike uh, is stuff that they love. And well, there's so definitely people that like uh, that that appreciate that kind of conviction. And that's definitely something that Josh has. He certainly has conviction. I mean, I, I will never multiple felonies. Say, I will never <laughs> say that he doesn't stick to his guns on certain things. He might be wrong, but he's at least consistent on them. Well, we should also point out something about Radiodrome is not only did we expose other people to lots of movies, we exposed ourselves to a lot of movies. Be honest, guys. Would you have watched most of the films in the franchise retrospectives we went over if I hadn't have made you watch them? The thing is, I'm going to say yes, because one of my favorite things to do is to watch a long-running franchise of movies. Like, I very regularly will revisit, you know, stuff like the Phantasm series, stuff like the, the House films, the Amityville horror movies. I'm all, I was always really psyched up to do all of those, the, the best and the best retrospectives, because I, I love watching franchises. I think that's a lot of fun for me to watch the way that a series will kind of evolve, especially when it's a series that goes off the rails, particularly like the best of the best series. Y yeah, I, I honestly speaking, otherwise would still be doing that because it, it's um, definitely one of my favorite things to do. I think there's really only a couple where I just didn't want to watch them. Children but the, of the majority, corn. well, yeah, the, the children of the corn, like, and I've seen a bunch of them, but it was just a matter of watching all of these corn infested films over a very <laughs> short period of time. It, it like watching them, like, all right, I'll watch. You go uh, glassy eyed after a while. It really is. It's kind of the same movie over and over and over again. <laughs> if you watch them spread out, it's like, okay, but watching them all back to back, it's just like, oh my God, just stop. They so, kind of start to uh, bleed into each other a little bit. They really do. Like, I'm like, which one is this one? Is this the one with uh, with uh, Naomi Watts? Is yeah, And it's just, uh, yeah, they're, they were kind of painful. But uh, in general, I watch a lot of 
crap. <laughs> and so having to watch a, a whole series or whatever is usually not a huge thing with me. Like, I mean, it's going to be painful when we do the, the witchcraft movies simply because there's like 87 of them. Oh, God. Um, and they're all it gets to a point of where they just are shot on video softcore porn. It's like, all right, you know, that's fine. I get to I mean, with with me, honestly, if there's pretty girls in a movie and they're getting naked and there's some semblance of plot, I normally will stick with it simply on the basis of that. But if it's just so bad and like the people are ugly or something and they're all and then I'm just <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to watch this. But uh, I've I've sat through some pretty terrible movies on the basis of the fact that they had boobs in it. I, th I think one that we really need to do is a deep dive into the demons franchise and how, how many of them are just basically repackaged and retitled movies that don't actually belong to the to the demons franchise. I like, think there are three uh, demon sixes, actually. Yes. <laughs> this is something that the audience doesn't m might not understand as well. So when we do these retrospectives, I mentioned in the 500th episode that I do a lot of research on this stuff. That's not just reading articles and then listening to commentary tracks. You got to remember, especially if it's a longer running franchise like the Howling movies with eight films. When I first saw all of these, I was seeing them like two years apart. When you watch all eight of them in seven days, that can really mess with your brain. You're not meant to watch all five prophecy movies in two days kind it's of thing. Kind of, uh, it, it can be kind of an endurance run. Yes, it can you notice a lot more of the screw-ups and a lot more stuff that normally they wouldn't you you wouldn't have noticed they're not expecting you to watch these movies that closely together which is one of the things that for retrodrome we're going to have to do and for retrodrome <laughs> it is not just going to be like the franchise episodes of radiodrome we're going to get into some i didn't even know this franchise existed moments like right how many of you have seen all three Thunder Warrior movies besides me? We're going to be looking at the Thunder Warrior franchise. I bet most of you that's didn't even know that been, there uh, was a Thunder Warrior franchise. That's going to be a fun one, too, because we've been talking about doing that as a retro since, like, around the time that I started on Radio Drum. Like, that's been in the pike for a while, and that's going to be a really fun one to visit. The Trancers movies as well? Well, we're definitely doing a Trancers retrospective because Fred Fritz is a Trancers expert, and oh, yeah. he will argue with us because he thinks we're crazy <laughs> thinking Trancers 3 is the best film in that franchise. He and I have already <laughs> discussed this. He wants to educate us and set us right. That's going to be so, fun. Because I, I so know he's he like... He's a Tim Thomerson. He's he's a real Trancers super freak. So that's going to be a fun one. He used to run Tim Thomerson's website. He used to talk to yeah. Tim Thomerson on the phone. Oh my god. What is what does he think is the best one? The first one. Oh, the first one. Wow. The first one is really good. I I I recognize that kind of like with Puppet Master 2. Trancers 3 is the better movie, but my I have a very soft spot for Trancers 2 because it was my first Trancers movie. Same mm -hmm. thing with Puppet Master 2. I recognize that 3 is the better movie, but 2 has a very soft spot for me because it was my first Puppet Master movie. I'm I'm like that with Ghoulies. Ghoulies 2 was my first one, and I think it always did have a soft spot for me. Though then again, every time I go and revisit the first one, I'm like, eh, Ghoulies 2 is better. It, it is. <laughs> right? In like a, a lot of ways. But we're also going to do on Retrodrome some 
author retrospectives of their movies. Like, we're going to do all the movies based on Hunter S. Thompson at some point. Or we're going to do the J.G. Ballard films like Crash and High Rise and and that. So we're going to do some... The movies might not be part of the same franchise, but they're all by the same author. I think that will be a very interesting one. And we're definitely, if I can still get in touch with Heather Drain, Rinse Dream. I have been Mm. wanting to do a Rinse Dream retrospective forever because the man is fascinating. I think mm. a, another really cool one would be a, a Philip K. Dick one because there's a lot of like high-profile science fiction movies that people don't even realize are based on uh, his novels. I agree. So when we get to Retrodrome, it's not just going to be like the retrospectives we did on Radiodrome. We're going to go in a little bit different directions on that, and I think hopefully... Even though Retrodrome will be an irregularly scheduled program, like I said, I want to try to get together with you guys once a month, but like when it comes to the Witchcraft franchise or something, just watching the <laughs> movies are going to take a month. Some of these are going to take some deep diving, but at the same time, there are certain franchises that we will not look at. James, <laughs> James Bond, for existence. I don't oh, like yeah, the movies, like... and there's way too many. Godzilla. Plus, it's also that's that's also such a baseline thing. Like everybody, everybody's done fucking, that. Everybody and their auntie, you know, has uh, has talked about the James Bond movies. And obviously, it's like we're not going to do something like Fast and the Furious. And I don't right. think there's any point. Or maybe we, I don't know, we might, we possibly well, could, but I don't think we're going to do like Friday the 13th or like Halloween. Those have been done so often. I want right. to, not necessarily obscure, because I want to do Phantasm at some point and things like that, but I yeah. want to do the franchises that people haven't talked, who who out there else even knows all of the Warlock movies? Like I said, I brought right. up Thunder Warrior earlier. Who even remembers that? <laughs> so it's not just going to be obscure artsy crap it's it, but i want to avoid really mainstream stuff we won't be doing halloween we won't be doing james bond we won't be doing no godzilla Freddy. okay like cecil made me do sleepaway camp the, the, the that was a gimme to cecil but <laughs> there's nothing you guys can do that are going to talk me into doing the child's play f- franchise though well, you know which one we're definitely doing is a Barbarian Brothers retrospective. Yes, yes I already agreed to that. I agreed shit. to it. I agreed to it. <laughs> Especially now that we lost one of the brothers. Right. No, we will look at the Barbarian Brothers. I'm just not sure exactly when because I don't want that. That doesn't fit right for the first Retrodrome. But I, yeah. I did agree to it, so you guys can hold me to that. But <laughs> for the first one, I'm thinking Warlock. Yeah, I think, yeah, let's go with Warlock. Because it's only three films. The first two are good, at least. Third one, not so much. But I just wanted to thank everybody who listened to Radiodrome and who supported it. With this postmortem, I just wanted to say, we still want to get your messages. If you haven't written to us before, write to us. Just let us know that, hey, I was a listener. That's all you need to say. I just... I like interacting with the audience, even if you tell me I'm being stupid and you disagree with me. I get lots of those. (laughs) Yeah, most of them from me. (laughs) Well, you're always wrong, so I just ignore you. (laughs) But the whole point of Radiodrome was to start a conversation, to get information out there and to see what you guys out there thought. Radiodrome is dead. Long live Retrodrome.
I'm sad to see it go. As I said before, uh, I, I understand. Uh, but I do think that there's definitely an audience for this sort of thing. And hopefully, you know, if we can get something together going every month or so, I don't, I don't know what it's going to end up being. But uh, hopefully, I think people, uh, basically the audience that listens to us now is going to be listening to Retrodrome, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. And hopefully we'll introduce some, you know, some new people will find it. Some people will really get enjoyment out of it. And as Josh said, please, you know, if you enjoy this at all, email any of us or all of us. I mean, it, it, we always try to respond when we can. We enjoy hearing from people. And it's that little thing that helps keep you going. There's a day where you're having a, a shit day at work or whatever. And it's nice that we had something that helped to maybe get you through the day, helps us get through the day. The crazy part about Radiodrome is just how big a part of my life it, it it was and is like I've uh I've I think I've moved like three times and I think I've had three different jobs over the course of of Radiodrome I've had relationships begin relationships end new relationships begin I'm, I'm talking like romantic relationships over the course of however many years that I've been on Radiodrome one of the one of the consistents one of the consistent things throughout those years is that I would have a radio drum to record on Sunday, no matter what was going on in my life. If I had lost a job, if I had gained a new job, if I had broken up with a girlfriend, if I had gotten a new girlfriend, there was always radio drum. And that's, I think that's kind of, kind of crazy and kind of awesome. I appreciate everybody that's listened to us. And I know that those same people are going to come back for our retro drum stuff. I talk to a lot of them on a very regular basis over over Twitter like there there are a lot of people that listen to us that I would consider you know like online friends and things like that so it's like we have a very cool audience of people that I always enjoy hearing from that I always enjoy shooting the shit about movies and music and life or whatever really like it's something that I really appreciate because it's something that added quite a lot to my life and still does so like really thanks again to to everybody that has supported us over the years and that has reached out to us and and talked to us because I really do appreciate it we really do appreciate it I just I just think it's awesome and if if you guys want 1201beyond.com website should be being updated soon i know it's massively out of date there are reasons for that but it should be updated soon but the store should still work go get a radio drum t-shirt there aren't many of them out there maybe it'll be a collectible in the future who knows it's always weird when i see my girlfriend walking around with the 1201 beyond t-shirt i gave her it just i don't know (laughs) it feels weird it's kind of surreal yeah it, it it is in a way But we wanted to thank you guys, and since this is just a post-mortem, please message us. I can be contacted at 1201beyond at gmail.com. You can get Cecil on YouTube. Peter is on Twitter or at Zinematica. Contact us. Let us know what you think for, I guess, the final, final time, because I'm going to have a different sign-off for Retrodrome. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night. Radiodrome is a 1201 Beyond production. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.